What's up, guys? It's your boy Lance from the Heel Turn Collective, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about our sponsor for the show, the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Whole Fast is based in Colorado Springs, and they are a responsibly sourced coffee that they grind in-house. You heard me right, in-house. And right now, if you use the promo code HEELTURN20, you get 20% off your entire basket today over at wholefastcoffeeco.com. So make sure you're helping out a great small local business and your favorite heels, and check out the Whole Fast Coffee Company. And now, for this week's episode. You are listening to the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. You cannot counter-program the love, the genuine feeling, the damn revolution that is all elite wrestling! This is One with the Undercard, All Elite Edition. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of One with the Undercard, episode 36 I want to say. Um, and it is brought to you as always by the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Go to wholefastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off your entire basket today. I am not alone. I'm never alone. I am joined by my broadcast colleague, Silky Jay Johnson. What's going on, Silky? Lance, you'll never walk alone unless, uh, well, I don't know why you would. So you'll never walk alone. It's me. It's me. It's your boy, Silky, here once again with the best analysis in All Elite Wrestling, bringing you the best and, yes, the worst from what was All Elite uh, on Wednesday, February 3rd. Yes, it was. 2021. Uh, a lot to say about the show. It was a bre- b- beach break. Uh, Jay, did we ever get an explanation why they can't use Bash at the Beach anymore? Uh, I don't think we got a formal explanation. I genuinely think they lost the rights to it. They had to have, right? Because that's yeah. such a cool name that you would not use it if you could, you know? So um, this is Beach Break, though. One of the bigger dynamites, uh, one of the bigger episodes, because they don't go to um, – they, they don't go to like traditional pay-per-views like the WWE does. They only have four a year. So they have these kind of bigger uh, episodes of Dynamite. Before we kind of dive into it, though, Jay, a little bit of, a little bit of a weird kind of thing happened in AEW. They announced Revolution is actually going to be on a Sunday rather than a Saturday. What are your initial thoughts when you hear that? Um, it's it's going to make watching pay-per-views different. Yeah, for sure, because remember, man, when they were on Saturdays, me and you would just, you know, we would, uh, <clears throat> never mind, we wouldn't we wouldn't be breaking the law or anything, but we would... Uh, we, we certainly would go, wouldn't. No, we would go halvesies on it, and we would both watch it, you know? Um, on Sundays, it's going to be a lot harder, because we both have jobs and stuff, so uh, it'll be interesting to kind of see how it plays out. I don't know the reason for the switch. You know, I hope that they keep... I think it's because Tony realized nobody's watching the Jaguars anyway, so it doesn't matter. I mean, that's true, but I mean, come football season, now with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, you know, people might actually watch the Jaguars. So hopefully this is only a one-time deal. That's all I got to say, because I'm not a fan of Sunday pay-per-views. I've never been a fan of Sunday pay-per-views. So even though that's the only day of the week that we've ever dealt with them as wrestling fans. So, um, but let's get right into it, Silky. Let's just do it, buddy. Um, It's the ratings again. Uh, AEW wins again, 844,000.32 in the 18 to 49 demo. JD finished third in that almighty demo. I mean, 
you can't bitch about results like that, you know? You uh, can, it, but well, we won't. You're true. Very true. Um, we're, we o- we're only harsh because we care. Just remember that. That's the theme of this show. Um, NXT draws 610,000, so they get beat by over 200,000 viewers, a .15 in the 18-49 to 49 demo. And that's with the rated R superstar edge on NXT this week. Apparently didn't move the needle as much as they thought that, that it would, you know? But I don't know. Uh, he did. He, edge is fresh off the Royal Rumble. I didn't even get a chance uh, to talk to you about that, Jay, but this isn't about the WWE. It certainly is not. Hey, I do have, to put it, to bring us back on topic, just a quick... Uh, quick note per ringside news, uh, Cody requested uh, a reconsider of his trademark for Bash of the Beach uh, after WWE blocked him in May of 2019, saying it was too close to the Bash, which is intellectual property that they own. Oh, for Christ's sakes, man. Just let it go. Like, if you're not going to use it, who fucking cares? I know, I know you don't want the competition to have it. I get it because it's going to confuse the marketplace. Yada, yada, yada. Come on. It's ridiculous at this point. Um, but AEW does come in strong, 844,000. Uh, they beat last week. They only had 734,000, so a nice 110,000 you know, boost. So, uh, look, we've come to the conclusion this is probably going to be about where AEW stays, you know, between 700 and 800,000, you know, somewhere around there. So as long as they think they stay in that, I think TNT and all their partners should be pretty – pretty solid about that so um and this was beach break like we said and uh boy they were hyping up this card and i I just gotta say right off the bat jay um when when i saw this card on paper i was like i i I just don't understand it you know like i don't think it feels that big do you Uh, you know no there were something like it was a we had a worthy main event it was a six-man tag uh, but it it definitely took the show back up after a sharp decline. Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, we will get to the main event, obviously. But uh, to start the show off, we are joined once again by uh, the the announcing team that is just the voice of AEW. You got Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. I Jim will go Ross ahead. was having it this week. Jim Ross uh, was in rare form, and I was here for it. I know uh, you're not well, big on him, but he was he oh a big Jim Ross fan this week. Oh my God. I know this is blasphemy. You know, Jim Ross is literally the voice of my childhood. I wouldn't rather have anyone else calling wrestling at his peak. Jim Ross was the worst I've ever heard of. Which is so surprising to me because you're a WCW kid growing up. So I'm surprised you're not a bigger fan of Tony. I love Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone to me is the bright spot of this announcing booth. I love Tony Schiavone. Are you kidding me? If it was just him, if it was him, give me him and Don Callis. I think that's the perfect commentary team. You think? You think? I think it would be better if it was Chris Jericho instead of Don Callis. God damn, Chris Jericho! Look, you know what? I'm not even going to get into Chris Jericho right now because we're going to talk about him plenty. Either so, way, Jim Ross was in peak form tonight, right. and I was here for it. All right. Well, um, the, and Excalibur can get lost. Okay. Uh, the the beginning of the show starts with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus coming out. Obviously, they're starting with the uh, the tag team battle royal. I'll tell you right off the bat, my biggest gripe with this, Jay, is that there was multiple teams from the same faction in this match, and I hated it. I hate that. Like, you have, you have Guevara and Hager, which 
if I never get a Sammy Hagar fucking cameo again on a wrestling show, I'll be. Apparently, they're paying him big money to make these. So come on, man, give me a break. Sammy Hagar, I thought this guy died five years ago. No, it was Eddie Van Halen who died back in the fall. May he rest in power. Yes, but so you have you have him, and then you have Jericho and MJF also in the inner circle. Uh, You have two teams from the Dark Order. You have uh, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson and uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. So look, there's just a lot of a lot of the same teams from the same faction, and I don't know if I I don't know if I'm digging on that. Obviously, you have a lot of other teams too. Um, They have the uh, the acclaimed Max Caster doing the rap stuff, you know, coming down to the ring. It was pretty uh, whack. Yeah. yeah. Top flight, uh, you know, was also in the match. So just a who's who of, uh, you know, just tag teams. I mean, pretty much every tag team in the company. Let me push up my glasses real quick. As I say, best tag team division in wrestling, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you can go on record and say that, I guess. Oh but, my uh, gosh. What a joke. Yeah, so um, the hey, at least uh, at least TH two wasn't in this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, it could be worse. We could have lost Santana and Ortiz, and instead traded them out for TH two. Jesus Christ! Um, also, Ortiz and Santana from the uh, Inner Circle also in this match. So the Inner Circle had three teams in this fucking match. Um, but uh, so. The stipulation of this match, obviously, the team that wins gets to challenge the Young Bucks at Revolution. If the Young Bucks win, they'll get to pick their own opponents. Uh, Which, putting the Young Bucks in this is foolish. Yeah, I, I, I did not like that at all. I really didn't. I um, honestly would have rather had TH2 in this stupid thing than to have the Young Bucks enter. Yeah, Because um, e- either we make the tag champs look strong and have them win... Or we show our hand, we tip our hand and say, hey, the Young Bucks are going to win, and they're going to pick their own stupid opponent. Yeah, and I I actually thought that they were going to win and then pick Gallows and Anderson. You know, that's yeah. why I actually thought they were going to win, but it yeah. turns out Private Party's actually going to challenge Gallows and Anderson. I don't know if that's at an Impact pay-per-view. Or it had better be at an Impact pay-per-view because I don't yeah. care. Yeah, that's very – what are they going to do, put the belts on Private Party? How ridiculous would that How be? How goofy would that be? But also – I don't know. How goofy would it be to have Private Party go over Gallows and Anderson? Not how goofy would it be for an AEW tag team to beat an Impact tag team and steal their belts on their own program? That would be wild. That would be revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But having Private Party go over Gallows and Anderson, two grown men, uh, it's not happening. Jesus Christ. Um but but this match, you know, obviously, you know, half a top flight gets thrown over the top rope. I don't even know who it was, to be completely honest. And and the rules in this match also is both members of the team have to be thrown over. So one can go out and the, and the team is still alive. So, Jake Hager uh, went out pretty early, too. Yes, he did. He got uh, eliminated by a couple of Dark Order guys. Uh, there was one point where uh, Matt Jackson gets back body dropped onto the ramp. And then he's eliminated. I was wondering how they were going to kind of count that. Does yeah, that I was thinking that, too. You know, so uh, nice to see them actually playing by the rules here. Well, um, eh, I wouldn't call it playing by the rules, but they tried. Yeah, that's true. This just looked like a big. This look just looked like a big tag team battle royal. That's what it looked like, you that's, know. So that's what it was. Uh, yes, thank you. I know that, but like to to see something like that where it's just not all singles guys is kind of weird. Um, 
So they can, you know, they, there's a couple of spots here and there, you know, a couple of big power spots. Uh, Nick Jackson hits a big cross body and Chris Jericho and Ortiz at one point. Uh, and then they hit like a clothesline bulldog, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but then they get down to like the, they start shaving it down a little bit. They're down to the final six. It's Jericho, MJF and Guevara all in the inner circle, Max Caster, Jungle Boy and Darius Martin are the last six. So, um, at this point, Jay, this is the point of the show where I actually texted you and I said, the finish for me, what I would have done is I would have had Jericho and Guevara the last two in and then Guevara eliminate Jericho because that would have put him over huge. That would have put him over huge. But, uh, you know, they had a little bit of different uh, opinion there. In well, the before book. we share the ending, I'll share my alternate ending. In an alternate world, I would love to see Sammy – uh, accidentally push MJF out, uh, accidentally on purpose, that is, and yeah. see the tension there when MJF is, you know, gets irate. That would have, that would have been my solution. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. But we I didn't mean, have that uh, because we, we are armchair bookers. Yes, that's, that's what it is. Uh, and then uh, in the final four, it's MJF, Jericho, Guevara, and Darius Martin. MJF is eliminated by Max Caster, I think. No, no, Darius Martin. I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, no, no, Max Caster. It's no consequence which one eliminates him. Yes, but MJF is eliminated, then Darius Martin uh, eliminates Max Caster. That's how it went. Uh, and then they kind of get down uh, to the nitty-gritty here. Obviously, um, uh, who goes out next? Wasn't it, uh, I believe it was Darius that went out next. No. Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, Sammy Guevara actually went down, went went out next, uh, and then Jericho hits uh, hits Dante with the um, the Judas effect, and then he eliminates him. So. Yes. So it's important to note that Sammy gets eliminated by Jericho, uh, uh-huh. and Sammy is visibly frustrated. Yeah. Uh, whichever one of them, I think it's Max Caster, is out on the on the edge of the ring. He looks to springboard in Judas effect. Uh, Jericho's the last man standing. That's what, yep, that's what it is. So, uh, so now we get uh, MJF and Jericho against the Young Bucks at Revolution. I smell a title change. Obviously, we're going to wait until we're a little closer to the show to give our picks, but uh, I smell a tag team title change coming here. Can I and give I, my opinion about this Wait, m- a month before the match starts? Sure, go ahead. The floor is yours, my friend. Who the fuck cares? Well... We're supposed to care, Jay. I mean, I wish I could. You've given me a tag team that was thrown together at random. Not at random, but you have a tag team that was just kind of thrown together and said at the last minute, hey, we're going to go out and do this. Against uh, an established team of gymnasts that I could give fuck less about. Well, I mean, this is the tag team division that and we And one of them is a it, one of them is the top heel faction, the other one can't figure out if they're heels or not, and I just don't care. There's well, nothing look, in this match for me to care about. Why don't you uh why don't you tell me how you really feel? Why don't you tell everybody how you really feel? I just did. Okay, fair enough. Um so yeah, I mean that that's kind of what's going into revolution, you know. If you're trying to build the show though, you know, I, I, I see kind of see where they're coming from, though, putting Jericho and MJF in a big spot like that. So uh, let's just hope that they all perform and they all, you know, execute the way that uh, they can. So. Really quickly, uh, I want to rewind and go back to about halfway through this match. Uh-huh. Um, I don't remember who it is that gets eliminated, but uh, the Gallows and Anderson come out. And this is why I say that Jim Ross was in rare form. Uh, 
Gallows and Anderson come out, they hold down a low bridge. And I think it is private party that gets eliminated because they're supposed to be yeah. uh, feuding. feuding with them because of the top contenders for the impact tag titles. And mm-hmm. Jim Ross notes that it's right in front of the referee and he looks at the referee or he addresses the referee. And he says, do something, which is what <laughs> I've been saying for months. Do something, <laughs> be relevant. Oh my God. Make referees matter in wrestling. Like, what is a what is the point of a referee in an AEW match? To count. That's literally it. This, like, it just to count. That's the only job qualification. The job description. Uh, it is just like, do you know how? Do you know how to count to three? Yeah. Well, actually, speaking of that little sidebar, I'm going to get off. Uh, I'm going to get off topic here real quick, but we'll get back on. Uh, Sunday at the Royal Rumble, they had a spot where Kevin Owens handcuffed Roman Reigns. So this this um, thing, and it was a last man standing, first one to ten. Obviously, you can't answer the ten. Roman Reigns is handcuffed to the thing. Referee gets to five. Paul Heyman's supposed to come out and unlock the thing, but it takes him too long, and the referee just stops counting. I uh, yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> just stops counting. Come on, Heyman, knock him out or something. Like, dude, why wouldn't you just punch him? Like, come on, man. Like, what you, oh. I feel like Heyman panicked, but we're not here to talk about that. Yes, I know, I know. But, uh, but yeah, so, look, it's going to be Jericho and MJF against the Young Bucks. I, I guess that's the one of the bigger matches. Probably going to co-headline the show. So, um, Next, we get a video of Jade Cargill working out. And, and, Jay, I've never been less impressed with somebody in my life. Yes, she's got a good physique. I just don't care. Like, hey, I just she can lift care. more than you. Hey, the only thing I've been lifting is a piece of pizza. So, look, I mean, she's in obviously in great and a lot better shape than I am, but I just don't care, man. No. Jay Cordgill, Brandy, they can all interchange, and I would never even I would never even know either of them were off TV. So Then I could say, just admit you have a crush on Jade Cargill. You know what? It's there. It's there. Uh, next, we get Darby Allen in the overpaid Sting, who's done nothing but cut promos and has been on TV for a total, a total of probably 15 minutes. Um, it's announced that Joey Janela gets a shot at the TNT title next week against Darby Allen. Do you predict a title switch, Jay? You know, what's that I smell? Don't do it. It's just the stench of Joey Janela's wrestling. God. Oh my God! When's the last time this guy was on Dynamite? I think Darby that's Allen the bigger has- question because Joey comes on and cuts a promo later. Say, oh, oh, when was the last time Joey Janela picked up and went on television, motherfucker? When was the last time you were on television? Period. Yeah, like, dude, like, I thought wins and losses mattered. Isn't that what was presented to us? You know, and and Joey Janela, Darby Allen needs to squash this fucking guy, right? It's not going to happen. You know they're going to have a competitive match. They're going to go 20 fucking minutes for some reason, bro. I swear to God. I'll I'll say they'll go go 12. They'll go 12. Wow, okay. And Janela, somebody's going through a table. I don't know if it's Janela or Darby Allen, but they're going to have a very indie match. This is why you come here for the number one analysis of all. You heard it here first. Someone's going through a table. You heard it. You heard it. So, um, but they do have this little promo segment with Darby Allen and Sting. Team Taz interrupts. Uh, they're outside. Ricky Starks cuts this very forgettable promo. Um, 
And then uh, Sting says that uh, Team Taz will be at the TNT title match next week. He said he'll be make sure he'll be there to make sure it's a one on one match. Um, and then Sting says something really weird. Um, Ricky Stark says he looks in Sting's eyes and he doesn't think he has it anymore. And Sting says maybe you just need to take a closer look. That's it. That's all he said. Man, that didn't make any impact at all. Man, like that. What a, what a just throwaway line. Like I was like, bro, that could have ended so much better. But I don't know what you were doing there. But think about this thing that you remember from your childhood. What was the most impressive part about it, and was it his promo? No, it wasn't. I mean, it was his, it was his mystique. Sting almost had an, an Undertaker thing going on. Yeah. Or he barely, you know. So, um, look, I'm getting so sick of this shit week in and week out. Um, another recurring theme that I'm going to bring up for the show is they were lucky it's on the third and not the second because this show felt like Groundhog's Day, didn't it? it was, wow. It, was, it wasn't good. I felt like I've seen this. I felt like I've seen this particular like promo section for six weeks straight now. Six weeks I've seen this with no physicality. Why am I supposed to care about this? Like, honestly, I would rather have Brian Cage go in here and literally rip Darby Allen in half. It would make watch- sense. Well, we God. had a match between Brian Cage and Darby Allen. That was where he threw Darby, for, like, he threw him like a lawn dart yeah. uh, through the announce table. Yeah, I mean, that's, look, I, I'm just, I'm just begging you, please find something else for these or guys. Or not through the announce table, excuse me, through the, um, the timekeeper's area, the table there. It don't matter, man. It's all the same. But, um, but if look, he would have uh, the, the announce table from the ring, that would have been really impressive. That would have been. But e- either way, Team Taz <laughs> just keeps appearing from afar because they're trying to protect Sting, but in in reality, they're just burying Team Taz. I fuck. I just pictured Brian Cage throwing Darby Allen through the announce table up by the fucking entrance. Board. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck is this? Like it looks like he got shot out of a cannon. <laughs> when he got thrown through the we got thrown through the table over by the timekeeper's area, it looked like he got shot out of a cannon. Man, it was nuts. Son, like um and next we get the big And blow. that wasn't enough to pick up the win, by the way. It, it was, was like not. far from I think it got a one count. Hey, look, one counts matter in wrestling, Joe Jay. Come on now. Oh my. But uh so look. Um, next we get that blow off match. We've been waiting for Dr. Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa. And I got to tell you, I got to tell you right off the bat, Jay, this is the best match I've seen Britt Baker ever have. This is it. Thunder Rosa, I think is the best woman's wrestler in AEW. And I don't even know if she's contracted. Serena Deeb, but go on. Oh, well, uh, there was a little bit of a, but Thunder Rosa is also insane. She's really good. I think she's really good, man. And this match, I mean, what did you think of this match overall? Um, I was fine. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't the worst thing that happened on the show, but it was I, fine. I'm not saying I'm not saying this match was like a five star match. What I'm saying is like comparatively to other women's matches I've seen on this show, this is one of the better ones. Oh yes. You know? Oh I mean, well, absolutely. Well, how many times did we get Sheeta? By the way, who's the AEW women's champion anymore? Is it still uh, Sheeta? I thought it could have been Lance. Dude, I swear to God, have we seen Sheeta in a month? I don't think we have. Well, we saw her in a we saw her in a pre-tape at some point on the show, which we'll get to. Yeah, probably challenging Nyla Rose again. But uh, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of back and forth here. They go to the outside. Uh, Thunder Rosa throws Britt Baker really hard into the guardrail. I thought that was a kind of a, a good spot there. Um, you know, the referee actually gets out to check on him, which I couldn't believe, you know, as they go into a picture in picture there. Uh, they come back and, and Thunder Rosa hits a Death Valley driver, which I thought was, you know, was that on the ramp? I think it was on the ramp, wasn't it? It looked nasty. Yeah, whenever Jim Cornette sees a spot like that, he says, why don't you just pull out a machine gun and shoot her? I mean, at this point, you know. Uh, Britt Baker goes for the lockjaw, but Thunder Rosa kind of uh, gets out of it. Uh, and then Brick Baker... You know, right there? <laughs> Britt Baker goes for a crucifix, and uh, Thunder Rosa kicks out again. They go kind of back and forth. They have um, a nice little scramble on the yeah. mat. Yeah, and that's for a sure. scramble. Um, towards the end, Reba pulls off the uh, turnbuckle pad in the middle, uh, and then um, you know they they kind of go over towards it. Then obviously Thunder Rosa gets put into it. Britt Baker locks on the lockjaw, and Thunder Rosa passes out after the buckle after the steel buckle thing. And then they call the match after 13 minutes. This ending was actually very shocking. To me. I liked the ending of this match. I did too. I did too, but I never thought. I thought they were going to have Thunder Rosa go over, but I could see them doing this match again at Revolution. I think this match happens again at Revolution because I think there's money in it. And Thunder yeah. Rosa, stole. Uh, she sold that uh, getting knocked over the forehead by that uh, cabling like a million bucks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was I was a big fan. Like I, again, comparatively, to other women's matches in this company, I thought this was a standout for sure. This was this was better than most. And can we go back? We talked a little bit about this off the air. Can we go back to the pre-tape, uh, the uh, the package? Oh yeah. Where she tells Thund- what does she tell her? She uh, says, "You don't belong here." Yes. Which I thought was a little. It was a little. It was a little racist. You know, because Thunder Rosa. Ooh, we can't say that in 2021. Maybe. Nope. Maybe find something else to say or a different yeah. way to say it. Exactly. What did I say to you? I said, you don't belong in AEW might be a better boom. phrasing. Boom. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. Like not- we're still getting the same point across, but we're being a little bit more, we're not giving white supremacists a sound bite. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like now, now me and Jay are no, we're not part of this cancer cult or cancer, cancel culture. <laughs> like, Look, just some things do not fly in 2021. You can't say some things. You can't. I mean, look, we've censored this show because I've said some things um, <laughs> that I thought were a, that Jay thought much. <laughs> and you know what? I, I I paid for that, and I you know what? I covered it up. So that's the way it is. So um, anyway, I uh, promise it, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. It, just, it wasn't. It wasn't anything terrible. Lance is no Morgan Wallen. No, I don't even know who that is. But oh, uh, he's a country star that got big canceled. Oh, I did see. Yeah, that. he's he said some things. Woo! Using a racial slur in twenty. Yeah, you no you can't even say you can't say that ever. Wow. Anyway, we're here to talk about the we're here to talk about the best analysis in wrestling, not yes. some asshole's poor decisions. Yes. Uh, next, we're in the locker room with Matt Hardy and Adam Page. are kind of talking to each other. Um, you know, obviously, Matt Hardy trying to recruit Adam Page. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, Hardy pitches a tag team match against Serpentico and Luther. Why, Lance? Why? You know why? Tell me why? why. I don't know. Why don't you tell me why? Because Chaos Project allegedly ruined Brody's son's birthday party. 
a few weeks ago, and now apparently Matt Hardy is taking some action about it because apparently he has decided to insert himself into this situation for the only reason I can think of the o- the only reason I can think as to why he wants to stick his nose into this is so that Adam Page can get a win on television. Well, I mean, this match it is the Chaos Project Luther and Serpentico against Matt Hardy and Adam Page next. Uh, this I got to tell you, it only went five minutes, but this match probably shouldn't have went that long. Do you um, think Serpentico wears a mask because underneath he looks like an absolute nerd? Uh, probably. I mean, this guy's on the show, like what? Once every six months or so. So I guess, although lately, although I, last week I mistakenly thought that he was Ray Phoenix, but, uh, uh, interfering in the main. That's an insult to Ray Phoenix. It is. It is. Um, Serpentico, you know, I don't know. They, they do you think, do you think in a, uh, an informal conf, an informal context, people just call him Pentico. Or I mean, I guess. do you think he only goes by the formal uh, where he must be addressed by sir? So, <laughs> look, I'm not even going to give analysis. Okay, you're not even going to you're not even going to give that a good chuckle and a recognition that that was a hilarious joke. Hold on, hold on. Can I just say a piece about Luther and Serpentico here? Right? Not right now? not until you laugh at my joke. <laughs> hilarious joke. Fuck you. Anyway, um, so Luther, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit what this guy's done. I don't care because I don't fucking know who he is. Jay, I've been watching wrestling for goddamn 30 years, buddy. Going on 30 years. I have no idea who Luther is. No idea. You don't need to know who Luther is. Oh, he's Jericho's friend, so he's on the show. Well, if if Jericho is showing us where that direction's going, I don't know. Apparently, he's not even a legend in Japan. He's just like an indie guy that did some stuff in Japan for a while. It's not even like he's like big over there. Yeah, I got you. Um, and I don't even well, follow Japanese wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, the, the only analysis of this match will give you is that Adam Page comes in with a hot tag. Um, he hits a dive over the – and then he hits a dive over the top and then hits Serpentico with a spine buster, but uh, Luther ends up breaking it up. He ends up hitting the buckshot lariat a little bit uh, later, and then Matt tags himself in, and then he pins Serpentico to win the match. So, obviously, they're going in this Matt Hardy's a dickhead direction right yeah i mean that's just the way it is like it looks like he's just going to be the guy that's really taking a lot of uh he's going to take a lot of credit for when if private party wins the impact titles and things like that Mm -hmm. you know i think that he's going to be play kind of a bigger role in it so oh but lance Um, it's it's psychology he is mad at chaos project and so he wanted to pin them i don't know you tried that line on me a couple weeks ago and so this is just my way of telling you to fuck off i mean I, I don't hate it, but psychology is a real thing. All right, let's talk about the next thing because we don't it, – it doesn't deserve to be talked about for much longer. You're right. You're right. Uh, they do show the the members of the Eliminator Tournament, tournament for the AEW women's title. Um, pretty underwhelming, I think. Can we the talk winner- about how Tony Schiavone's voice sounded very choose-your-fighter throughout the oh. entire uh, – throughout the entire package? Street fighter style, you know, guile. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like Imi Sakura. Vemi. I did notice that. That's yeah, the choose your fighter. <laughs> but only uh, in the voice of Tony Schiavone. Yes, for sure. Uh, next, we get Chris Jericho and MJF are, are backstage, and Alex Marvez is there. Um, Jericho has Wait, a cooler- real quick. 
let's back up real quick. How do you think they're going to let those matches from Japan play out? Do you think? Because they, they're not going to come out here and wrestle them on AEW. They're more than likely going to wrestle them in Japan. Otherwise, Riho would be on the Japanese side, I imagine. Dude, I have no fucking idea. So are they no just, are, is it, it going to be on YouTube? Is that how I have to watch this? Or Probably. Uh, probably. I would update. If it's on YouTube, I'm not going to watch it. Or are they going to no. broadcast it, you think, uh, one episode a week on the, or one match a week on the show? Look, our journalistic integrity here is on the line. We got to watch these this women's eliminator tournament, man. We you can to. watch it. I'll watch what's on Dynamite. My journalistic uh, jurisdiction is on uh, is between the hours of eight and ten o'clock on Wednesday nights. Okay, I, I feel it, dog. I feel it. Uh, next, and, and Jericho has a cooler four of the champagne. Uh, Guevara. This is where the the turn is slowly happening. Uh, Guevara asks if you know the group is even still together. Jericho says, "Of course we are." Uh, we're a team, and then, um, you know, he just leaves. So, uh, obviously, look, they're gearing up towards a Sammy Guevara babyface turn. Um, so, I, I think it'll be cool. Um, I think that he will do pretty well either way. So, um, And next, next, Jay, is your favorite segment of the night, buddy. It is the wedding of Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. Tony Schiavone is there. Uh, the Master of Ceremonies is my man. The Sinister Minister, James Mitchell. Very excited about The that. Sinister Minister out here looking like a homeless guy, Fiari, though. Hey, hey, hey. It's the Sinister Minister, man. He used to he used to manage Mikey Whipwreck in Extreme Championship Wrestling. Very exciting. Um, and and Jerry, he used to eat outside the dumpster of the diners, drives, and dive-ins. All right. Um, Jerry Lynn walks Penelope Ford down to the ring. Um why i don't know apparently these two got married like a couple of days ago and this is actually a ceremony you know um sabian's vows uh you know he's talking about her boobs and this sucked yeah this was not good this Um, absolutely killed any momentum that the show had five um, minutes this this lat this segment went around maybe like five minutes and was was it was six minutes. minutes too long Yes, it was not. It was not good. This um, just sucked all the life out of the show. Yeah, this was uh, they, fun. Oh, right. They exchanged rings, and and uh, you know they they look like they're you know, and they they do the whole wedding thing. I guess uh, Miro tells Charles Chuck Taylor, who's in a butler outfit, uh, to, to give He's him in some an ill-fitting suit from a J.C. Penney's. You're right. Uh, tells him to get some champagne, and he does, and. Uh, Miro g- grabs a microphone and he said um, they may not have done a great bachelor party and, and he didn't give him a present. Miro said his presence is the present. This guy needs to be booked so much better. Um, there was a box that was about five feet tall in the ring and I swear to God, I swear to God, I thought Orange Cassidy was under that box and I was like, how unoriginal was that? How unoriginal would that be? Uh, but Miro kicks it over and there's nobody under there. Um, you know, kind of talks a little bit more and then I, I don't know, like, uh, what, what happened? Like, uh, Charles handcuffed Miro's leg to the bottom rope. I don't know how that happened. I don't know either. That, that, um, that I think is the biggest sin or, uh, misstep or plot hole from this whole thing. Miro's a big guy. It's not like he's got, it's, it's not like if they would have done this to Kip Sabian, he has chicken legs. So he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't have understood. But, like, Miro's a big guy. You put a handcuff around his ankle, he's going to feel it. 
Imagine being there live and watching them set up that. That would be that would be insulting, almost as insulting as it was to me, uh, somebody who was watching it. That would literally be like a magician doing a card trick and then like exposing how he's doing it while he's, he's just fumbling the card trick is all yeah. like he's just doing yes. it like are you sure this isn't your card yes exactly um but uh penelope ford goes face first into the cake which is here, pretty funny yes uh here's orange cassidy he was inside the cake huh uh and then obviously they get some baby face heat looks like charles has uh turned his back if you will on Miro and Kip Sabian, although I don't know if he was really on their side to begin with. So, um, but uh, look, I, this segment, I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. This sucked. Yeah. This segment was no bueno. This, the, the whole thing with Chuck Taylor being the Butler, it lasted what, like three weeks. Yeah. So what's the point? point? Exactly. What's the point? Is it going to be Chuck Taylor and Miro revolution? Give me a fucking break. Chuck Taylor shouldn't be in a singles match ever. Ever. Like, I put him on the same pedestal as Joey Janela. They're the same wrestler. I was going to ask you who would win between uh, Chuck Taylor and Joey Janela. God bless, man. It's it, it's stupid. There's no reason to care. Now, God. there there are things that they do where there's... So that we need to find a balance. AEW, yeah. we need to find a balance. Either go three weeks with your babyface turn with Sammy Guevara or go 50 weeks like you've been doing with Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Be consistent. Oh, my God. Pick a fucking lane. Yes. Um, Next, we get the little segment. Shaq starts (sighs) talking trash to Cody, obviously reading off a teleprompter, right? Yeah. Obviously, this guy's reading off the teleprompter. Looks like we're going to get Cody Rhodes and uh, who was it? Red Velvet against Jade Cargill and Shaq. Not a Revolution, but at the Dynamite before because because Revolution being on a Sunday, Shaq has the NBA All Star Game. You know he works for TNT. So this uh, was like well, the this was unimportant to me because the show had already. I, as far as I was concerned, the show was pretty much fucking over because of that stupid wedding segment. I didn't care about this. All the wind had been knocked out of my sails. Well, look, um, I think that it's going to draw a big number. I do, because it's going to draw a lot of non-wrestling fans to the show. I don't think it will. Well, with that being said, Shaq better hope that he's still in decent shape or that he can work this match, because... Who's going to work a majority of this match? Jade Cargill and Red Velvet are both green. Shaq has no idea what he's doing. Cody can't go out there and wrestle the Invisible Man for 15 minutes. Cody Rhodes is going to have to carry a man that is seven foot two and has never wrestled in a match before. He's going to have to carry. You know how much pressure is on Cody Rhodes right now? It's terrible, man. I think I Cody's would... shoulders are broad enough to handle it, but this may be this may be one step too far for Cody. Yeah, it might be so. Um, remember when I made that comment earlier about Groundhog's Day, Jay? Yes. This is where it really comes into play. It is Eddie Kingston and Lance Archer. In case you're wondering why I say it's Groundhog's Day, we just saw this match last fucking week. Yeah, but what was the difference between last week and this week? It's a lumberjack match. Look out. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. Because Billy Gunn's at ringside. God, it makes it so much different now, right? Like, seriously, this is on... Unfucking real, dude. 
Like, seriously. Like, what is this? I don't even... Look, this match was fine. They had another hard-hitting battle. You know, at one point, who got in the ring? Was it Bronson? Bear Bronson? I have you know no I mean? idea like, who they are. They're probably so, dark superstars. God. Um, Jake Roberts actually got involved on the outside on, on and Helico, and he hits uh, I don't know what the hell he did, but he hit some kind of move. It wasn't a DDT, though. That's for damn sure. <laughs> uh, the... Then the Butch and the Play get involved. They get in and, and like, hit Archer, and, and then Kingston hits a, an Exploder, which I thought was kind of cool. But then The, the blade Exploder brings, suplex looked really good. Yeah. And then the Blade brings a table in the ring, and that's when Bear Bronson comes in and tackles uh, the Blade through the table. What the fuck is this, man? Uh, the Butcher <laughs> takes on Bronson and some guy named Boulder? Is that who it is? Like, I have no Boulder. idea. God, and then uh, Kingston is arguing with Billy Gunn on the outside, gives Archer the opportunity to hit a Uranagi, but uh, Kingston kicks out after two. Uh, they exchange some strikes, and Archer hits a forearm to the face, and then the blackout slam to win. So, um, look, I mean, Archer wins both of these matches, so what's the point? Uh, no, Kingston won the week before. He oh, won man. with the spinning back fist with a, with was, a loaded right. fist. Yep. You're right. You're right. Because now it's 50 50 booking. Guess what we're getting at Revolution, Jay? We're getting the rubber match, baby. Come on. That's what we're doing. Match number three. God damn it. Like, why? Like, I don't. Lumberjack matches have never, ever, ever excited me, ever. Well, I've this... never been excited about a Lumberjack. AEW is way too quick to jump to stipulations and way too quick to jump to Lumberjack matches. Yeah, like it's like, dude, we know you got a million people on the roster. We know you. We do. get it. You want to bring them out from ringside and bring them into the ringside area, uh, and that's precious. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. also, like it, nobody started. Like it just became it just became an, an issue of heels beating up baby faces and baby faces beating up heels, and then baby faces spilling out on the on the baby face side, and nobody doing anything about it. This. This could have not been a lumberjack match and still would have been fine because AEW and the rules don't fucking matter. Yep, yep, that's for damn sure. Hey, uh, after this, we get FTR on the casting couch. Yes, we do on the casting couch. Um, they are they are backstage and they're talking some mad shit to Jurassic Express. Looks like we're gonna get. Looks like they're gonna build the FTR and Jurassic Express at Revolution as long as it is Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. I am all right with that. Um, you know, they, they talk the usual shit. Tully Blanchard, I think, really stood out in this promo. I think he did really good. Um, Tully says all he won is a championship match, uh, you know, and then Dax Harwood chimes in, and he says that you just got to think about what bad men would do. And then they have Marco Stunt tied to a chair, which I don't think anybody's upset about, right? No. It, I honestly – well, I mean, the local authority should probably be alerted for kidnapping – because yeah. he looks a lot like my 12-year-old cousin. And yeah. he acts like him, too. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. So, um, Look, I, I think that I think FTR and you know Jurassic Express could be good uh, if they get enough time and if Marco Stunt isn't within fucking 100 feet of the ring. Please. 100 uh, miles of yes. Jacksonville. Um, well, let's run down the, sh the card for next week, shall we, Jay? Obviously, we'll be here covering it every Saturday like we are. Oh, hold on uh, real quick. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at a um, – every week I don't take notes like you, so I have to, 
I have to get a quick reminder of where we're at on the card. And so I'll use like Bleacher Report or something like that. I'm looking at alleliterestling.com where they're, they're giving me a, a, a rundown or a, a, a card order. And it just says FTR sent in a disturbing video. Uh, I disturbing video. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it's goofy. Also, they're clearly on site in Jacksonville because they were they were barred from being a dynamite because of their actions last week, and they were barred from being in the tag team battle royal, um, which is trying to protect the rest of the roster from FTR being in the title picture. Um, but they're clearly in that one RV that they have because Kenny Omega shot an interview in there a couple weeks ago. And he and Don Callis sat on that same couch with Alex Marvez a few weeks ago. Like look, what, Hey, uh, what do I know? Yeah. I mean, for, for real, what the hell do we know? We're just the number one analysis of this shit. So, um, so next week we get the TNT title match between Joey Janela and Darby Allen. Okay. How underwhelming is that? Um, Chris Jericho and MJF versus the acclaimed again, very underwhelming. Don't care. Not as underwhelming as this one though, buddy. Are you ready for this? Hit me with it. Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson. Who the fuck is Lee? Oh, Johnson? he's one of, he's one of uh, Cody's uh, wrestling students at his, at their ah, school. Okay. He's been, uh, he's one of the guys that comes out to the ring when he comes out with a big click of people. God damn, man. What, what it means to have friends in high places. Let me tell you. Um, this guy's getting his probably one of his first televised matches. This means we'll, we've seen more of Lee Johnson in 2021 than we have of QT Marshall. Probably. And more than uh, we've seen Dustin Rhodes. Make heads or tails of that, Lance. Yep. Uh, but it's Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson taking on pretty Peter Avalon and Cesar Bo- Bononi. Ooh, that's what I think of that. Who the fuck is that? Anyway, is, is he um, the guy that whistles the dogs? He does the dog training. Caesar, is that yeah, him? Okay, I know what you're. I know what you're. I know what you're going with now. Okay, okay. Is that him? Um, same guy? Yeah, that's him. Um, but Don Callis is out to the ring, which means it is time for the main event. Obviously, he goes on in the commentary table because uh, yeah, he does it for every Kenny Omega match, and I am not upset about it because I I kind of like. Callus. So, uh, but the main event is Kenny Omega, Carl Anderson, and Doc Allows taking on John Moxley, Ray Phoenix, and Pac. I got to tell you, man, this match was out of control. This match was awesome. It really was. Uh, they did fall victim to the uh, the usual AEW tropes. Like I had no fucking idea who the legal man was in this match. Well, no idea. It, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like why did tags matter? If you're not going to enforce the rule, why the hell do you even have tags? What's the what's the use? Just call you it know? team wrestling. Don't take the yeah. tag out. Just call it team wrestling. Yeah, it's team. You know, um, there was a there was a really cool spot in this match. Um, Pac send o- Omega into the ropes, and he's like this rolling German suplex. It looked really and sweet. looked really cool. That was that was really cool. Um, Moxley kind of beats up on Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. He sends Anderson out to the floor, and then Moxley comes out with a suicide dive. I thought that was, you know, that was fine. Like, uh, was that? yeah, he's you had know, better dives. Yeah, but they keep they continue going back and forth. Uh, Omega eventually. Hits Here's the, the problem. Here's the problem with everybody doing that in AEW uh-huh. is when John Moxley does it, doesn't look as good or believable as it does when 
uh, say, Jungle Boy or Ray Phoenix does it. Because no, when they do it, they do it at 100 miles an hour. John Moxley does it at like 10. Yeah, like, and so you're exposing the fact that, hey, some of these some of these guys like Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix, are actually better than one of your top guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and another thing is, is like, man, like, like it's it's just frustrating to kind of see uh, just spots just being you know just overdone, Re- all recycled. Yeah, like how many times did Kenny Omega hit the V trigger in any any particular match? Like how many times did he hit that fucking knee, dude? Too many. Like, not, if I hear Excalibur knee. say V trigger one more time, I'm gonna pull my hair out. Oh my god! Uh, I thought the spot of the match, so Omega hits a double arm DDT on Moxley, and Pac comes off the top to break up the pin with a 450 splash. For Christ's sakes, Jack Evans, take notes. A 450 splash to break up a pin. That's I guarantee you it's the first time I've ever seen that. Um, but John Moxley hits a cutter on on Carl Anderson, and, and Phoenix tags himself in and hits a springboard moonsault. Uh, he gets a two there. That was a that was a nice near fall. Um, Phoenix jumps off the top again. Anderson catches him and hits a beautiful spine buster. I love that double A spine buster. I love that move, man. Woo! It's pretty good. That, I mean, that shit is just tight. Um, Gallows tags himself in. They hit the magic killer. Uh, they they hit the magic killer, and then Omega hits the V trigger knee uh, to. Um, Oh no! And then Gallows covered Phoenix to win after 16 minutes. So yes, I so Phoenix, any- I think, is the guy that's obviously going to take the fall here. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the one with that could that afford that could afford to take the fall. Yeah, you know. So um, he, I, I don't hate Ray Phoenix losing here. My question is, where's his brother at, man? Where's the man? I think of the he's hour? injured. I think he's legitimately injured. He's gotta be right. He's gotta be. So they um, had him in an injury angle a couple weeks ago as well with uh, Gallows and Anderson beating him up. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I'm a big fan of Gallows and Anderson too. I think they're a great tag team. I love that Magic Killer finisher. I love yeah. that move. That Gallows moves. and Anderson look real. They look believable. Yeah, they look, they look like, like two wild men. Yeah, exactly. Um, so after the match, um, you know they're kind of they're they're continuing to beat up on Moxley, and out comes Lance Archer for some goddamn reason. Uh, he comes out and clears the ring. Then all of a sudden, Kenta. Attacks John Moxley. For those who don't know, Kenta is uh, part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He he had a cup of coffee in WWE, but couldn't really um, stay healthy. He was injured a lot, and you know, and that schedule's brutal anyway. So it's it, it's uh, it, it's pretty interesting to kind of see uh, where they go from here. Obviously, AEW and um, New Japan have a working relationship now, right? They got to. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm breaking any ground by saying that. No. Um, so they they have him come in. He attacks John Moxley. I think John Moxley's like the IWGP United States champion or something like that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of ended the show. You know, that big shocking uh, Kenta, you know, being there. And then they announce that next week it'll be Kenny Omega and Kenta against John Moxley and Lance Archer. So I mean, like, look, I, they do this. Uh, they do this tag team match. Obviously, Kenta. I think they. I think next week is taped. So I think what they're going to do is they just shot it. I think they shot it like yesterday. 
why he was still there. You know what I mean? Like they just did the match while he was still there. And then he probably just went back to Japan. Yeah. Him and Mox are gonna wrestle each other for that title, I believe. So um You think they'll do it on AEW or you think they'll do it on uh, New Japan I think, time? I think they'll do it on a New Japan show. But uh but look, I mean you have that. You're going to build up to that. Maybe they do Kenta and Moxley at Revolution, but then who do you put Omega against? You know, you just, I don't know. Um, so there's a lot of questions as we kind of bear down on March 7th for Revolution. So, uh, but that end of the show, Jay. I mean, so overall, man, to be completely honest, I felt like this was a better show than Dynamite's has been the last couple of weeks. But I, I still don't know if I'm completely um satisfied with the way they've been booking things you know this was not as good as last week's episode it was better than the episode two weeks ago the wedding the wedding segment just absolutely destroyed this it absolutely destroyed this show it derailed it it took just the it took the life out of this episode okay you know what i can't uh i can't disagree with it too much that's for sure so um, but yeah, I mean, look, we're going to be here every single Saturday covering the show because we love AEW. Obviously, I uh, have a review show for Revolution coming up here, and we can only hope that you all join us when we do. Uh, make sure you check out our other show on the Heel Turn Collective Radio Network. We have the Heel Turn Collective Podcast, where me and our boy Shane talk about any and everything. We are kind of getting into off-season mode, so make sure you check that out every single Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts at. And make sure you check out our sponsor for the show, the Whole Fast Coffee Company. Go to wholefastcoffeeco.com and use that promo code HEELTURN20 to get 20% off your entire basket today. Jay, is that just coffee? No, it's not just coffee. It's hats, T-shirts, um, beans. Yes. Um, make sure you go check it out. And let them know your favorite heel section. So, um, and with that, Jay, do you have anything else to say before we get the hell out of here, man? Uh, yeah, stop letting country music stars say the N-word. As a matter of fact, stop letting anyone say the N-word. Um, take care of each other this week. Wear your mask. Do good things. Um, yes, make sure we're taking care of each other, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yep, you got it. So he's Silky J. Johnson. I'm L-A-N-C-E, the man with the plan. You know, Do you know what that spells? I don't. It spells Lance. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, until next week, guys. Jay's completely right, man. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll be back next Saturday, and we hope to see you there.